Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello, my name is Kelly Brownell. I'm the director of the Rudd Center for Food Policy and Obesity at Yale University. Our guest for the third of three podcasts is Dr. Michael Hamm, the C.S. Mott Professor of Sustainable Agriculture at Michigan State University and co-founder of the C.S. Mott Group for Sustainable Food Systems at Michigan State University. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Welcome. So in this podcast, I'd like to talk about farm-to-school programs. This is a term that I think a lot of people have kind of heard about but don't quite know what it means. So let's start off just by saying what farm-to-school programs are. Sure. Well, farm-to-school programs have a number of elements to it. The simplest one, I think the one that's most broadly recognized, is trying to get local agricultural products into the school meals program. Okay. So this would mean connecting specific food service directors in a, in a school or a school system with specific farmers. Yeah, typically it would mean that a food service director, whether it's a rural school district, suburban or urban, would basically bid out with some local farmers to source apples, broccoli, various vegetable products, maybe some meat products, maybe some dairy products. Most of it to date has been focused on fruits and vegetables, but there's no reason it couldn't include other things as well. Now, wouldn't this make it pretty hard for a food service director who now might have just a small number of suppliers who ship in processed frozen box type things and instead of having to talk to one farmer about apples and another about lettuce? It could make it hard. And in fact, a survey that we did five years ago of all the public food service directors in uh, Michigan found that 73% of them were interested in sourcing local Michigan agricultural product. If they could get that product through their existing distributors, the number jumped to 85%. So not a big jump, but certainly there was a few food service directors that said, if I can get it through my distributor, I'd be a lot happier. Is this a set of skills that food service directors are trained to have? Well, I think that most food service directors don't know how to talk to farmers. They don't know how to work with farmers, and they're not really sure where to start. And so there are a number of programs now that are emerging at the national level and at the local level to help food service directors do this. So if I can give you an example... Um, there's a program called School Food Focus, which is run by a woman named Tony LaCorey in New York and funded by Kellogg Foundation that's working with the large urban school districts across the country to identify the barriers, constraints, and opportunities that they would see in sourcing local and regional agricultural product, what kinds of things they would like to source, and then figuring out what might be the supply chains to get them there. Let's talk about the advantages of why one might think about doing this. Uh, certainly there might be the environmental advantage because you're not having food shipped long distances and you the, the, decreasing the food miles, of course, would be good. But there are other reasons to do this, aren't there? What might some of them be? Well, some of the other ones might be, for example, one of the things that we need to do as part of our educational system, K through 12, is help children learn what a good diet is and what other kinds of things can they think about when they're having food? Can they think about the fact that they're supporting other farmers and farmers in their community that are small business owners whose kids they may be going to school with? So there's a whole educational element to it that, that can be useful. There's also an element of getting food that is more scratch-cooked or fresh into the school lunch program. Many school lunch programs have moved away from scratch cooking. In fact, many school districts now don't have the facilities for scratch cooking. So that becomes an issue, actually, that needs to be addressed in some cases. Doesn't it make more work for them? 
it does make more work for them in many cases. And so the issue of labor comes into the mix. And, and certainly labor is an important cost that, that has to be there in the school system. But I think that if we think about the idea of supporting local communities across the country, if we think about the notion of educating the future independent consumers of food in the country, namely our K through 12 young children, and if we think about the opportunities for um, building bridges between different parts of our communities, there's a lot of reasons to think about farm to school as, as something that we should be moving on. One of the most appealing things of that that you brought up is this connection between children and the food and where it comes from. And they can learn that there's a story of this and it involves real people with real names and you know real animals or real plants on a farm and things like that. And you could see how powerful it might be, for example, to have those one of those farmers come to school and get to meet the kids and then they're eating those apples, let's say, That's right. at lunch. I imagine there are a lot of nice stories about that kind of thing. Well, there are, and I, I think that the, my favorite one is uh, in upper the upper lower peninsula of Michigan. A farmer started selling apples to a local school, and the school was obviously buying those apples. Both parties were ecstatic because the farmer was getting a better price for the apples than what he would get if he were selling them to a wholesaler. The food service director was getting the apples at a cheaper price than what she would be getting them from from her wholesaler shipped in about 1,500 miles. The anecdotal report from the food service director is that the kids were ecstatic because they were getting apples that were tasty and getting several different varieties. So the other piece of this is instead of having the same apple day after day after day, they're getting apples with various tastes. They're learning that, in fact, an apple can taste very different depending on the variety. And all those tastes are fun. What are some of the barriers to making this happen on, broad, on a broad scale? I think the biggest barrier on a broad scale is the amount of money that's in the school lunch program. Right now, most food service directors have about $2.50 to put a meal on the plate for a kid every day. About 60% of that is covered up in the operating costs. So they've actually got something on the order of $0.90 cents to, to buy the food to put the meal on the plate. $0.90 cents is not a lot of money. For, if you and I have tried to put a lunch on our plate with $0.90 cents worth of food, we know it doesn't go very far. So that's a real challenge for them. And so I think one of the things that we really need to deal with as a country, both at the federal level and at the state level, is do we want to have sufficient resources in our school lunch program so those kids can have as healthy a meal possible where we can also use that meal as an educational tool, as a learning tool, and as a community development tool for school districts across the country. Until we decide to do that, there's going to be a big barrier. Do you think you could make the case that uh, we can't afford not to do this, that if we're going to be competitive in the world education market, that kids need to be functioning at, at optimum capacity, and one of the parts of that is good nutrition? There's certainly plenty of data out there. I think nobody would dispute the data that if a child does not have a good diet, if they come to school hungry, if they stay hungry, if they don't eat well, they're not going to learn well. There's plenty of data for that. And so I think that as a country, we need to set ourselves the task of giving every kid in our country the opportunity to reach their potential. Part of the opportunity to reach that potential is ensuring that they have access to a healthy diet on a daily basis. Part of the way that we can do that is making sure that the food they have in the school lunch program, the school breakfast program, the after school meal program, the summer feeding program, that those foods are as nutritious, as healthy as possible. And part of that, I'm convinced, a tool for that 
is farm to school. Excellent. Well, thank you, Mike, for your inspired work on agriculture, food systems, human nutrition, and all these. And there aren't many people around that put all the pieces together, and you're one of the few who does. So thank you for all the, the good work. Well, thank you. Our guest today was Michael Hamm, C.S. Mott Professor of Sustainable Agriculture at Michigan State University and co-founder of the C.S. Mott Group for Sustainable Food Systems at Michigan State. Uh, we recorded two other podcasts with Dr. Hamm and, of course, have a variety of other podcasts that one can listen to on food policy and nutrition issues available at www.yalerudcenter.org. And please visit our website to see a variety of other resources, including a free email newsletter on food policy issues that, that one can subscribe to. Thank you.